Haman is looking to pick a date when to destroy the Jewish people. And we all know that he picks that he picks Zion, he picks Adar. And the Gemara tells us that the reason he picked the month of Adar, the reason he wanted the month of Adar, let me show it to you. The reason he wanted the month of Adar is because the day that Maishra Rabbeinu died. It's the day Maishra Rabbeinu died. Since it's the day Maishra Rabbeinu died, that is why Haman wanted to pick the month of Adar. That was Haman's reason to pick the month of Adar. Now, how do we know Maishra Rabbeinu died on Zion Adar? Is a Gemara and Kedushin of Laman Ches. How do we know Maishra? Is there... Shui, how do we know Maishra Rabbeinu died Zion Adar? There is no Pasuk in the Torah that Maishra Rabbeinu died Zion Adar. How do we know it's Maishra Rabbeinu's yard site, which is coming up in a couple of days? When? I'm sorry? <laughs> we don't know the day he was born. It never records in the Torah the day he was born. How did Haman know that Maishra Rabbeinu died Zion Adar? It's a complicated cheshman. The Gemara Lam and Ches and Kedushin Davidol makes the Cheshman. It's a whole Chap Shui. The last day, I'm explaining it, the last day that, that we had Mun was what day that we, the last day we ever had Mun. Does anybody know the last day we ever had Mun? The second day of Pesach. The second day of Pesach was the last day we ever had money. It said that they when the stopku they had money in their utensils for forty days. The month stopped for stopped falling the day Maisha Benu died, but they had money in their utensils for forty days. When is forty days before the second day Pesach? Zion Adar. There's a whole complicated, that's basically in the short, the Gemara goes by more, a little more at length, but that's how we know he died Zion Adar. There is no Pasuk he died Zion Adar. There is a Pasuk that we had Mun till the second day Pesach. We had Mun for 40 days that they had in their utensils. It stopped falling 40 days before. If you cheshman it and stop falling when Moshe Rabbeinu was nifter, so 40 days before the second day Pesach is Zion Adar. The bottom line, Eichel and Shui, is that it's a whole cheshman when Moshe Rabbeinu died. How do we know he was born Zion Adar? Because the Pasuk, the day of Moshe Rabbeinu's death, he said, It's my birthday today. That's an open pasuk that whatever day he died, which is not open, that same day he was born. The day he died, is the, it says that tzaddikim, amimalin shanaiseyim, tzaddikim live full lives. And it's a big thing that tzaddikim die on the day they were born, probably signifying that they filled, fulfilled their tafkid, completion. They filled everything they were supposed to do. That's the symbolic probably what it symbolizes. So there's an open pasuk that Moshe Rabbeinu was born the day he died. The way we know he died, Zion Adar, is you have to know a few psukim, Shui. The Gemara brings the psukim, what you have to know, how you figure it out. It's a series of psukim on... It's a series of psukim that the Gemara brings on Laman Ches Amad Aleph in... Um, in Kedushin. So should we like this? The Gemara says that Haman picked Zion Adar because Moshe Rabbeinu died, so he thought it was a bad day for the Yidden. Says the Gemara, really was a good day because Moshe Rabbeinu was born. It really was a good day because Moshe Rabbeinu was born. He, uh, yes, my Rebbe, I don't understand. Haman is a guy, he knows, to know that he died that day, you have to know a lot. To know that he was born that day is an open pasuk, the day he died he was born. Why does Haman know he died that day and not know he was born, Mayor? <coughs> That's what my Rebbe asked. Does it state he doesn't know he was born? doesn't say. But the Chazal say, but it was a good day because he was born. He was only looking at the back. Yeah, he never Said my Rebbe, like Yitzchak Apetus, like Revezi Shlita was Miramis to us. 
to a Haman, to a Haman, all that matters is he died that day. To a Haman, it doesn't matter that he was born. I want to explain it. Haman is Amalek. Haman's a continuation. He comes from Amalek. And Haman is Amalek. I happen to, just as an aside, a total aside, there's a lot of thoughts when you think of Amalek. I am very into, in the yeshiva, anybody who knows me, I'm, being, I'm very into being inclusive. I want, it's not by accident, I want, I keep going to be in the same yeshiva as a bachur, a young bachur who is struggling. I want Ike Kohn to reach out to that guy. It's not by accident. I want, it wasn't, I mean, I mean it's from the Unka the Levi, not a polite year. I want a bachur steiging. I want Eli David, a steiger, to be in the same yeshiva. I want a bachur to learn inclusivity. Include the guy, pick up the guy. I want you worried about the 11th grade steiging more. I want you to worry about it. One of the things I think of, just parenthetically, when I think about Amalek, is where does Amalek come from? In the summer, I do a lot of interviews. The name Timna goes in my mind a lot. Timna, Timna, Timna. Timna is the mother of Amalek. She ultimately gives birth to Amalek. Chazal, tell us, where did Timna come from? Timna wanted to join Avram Avinu's house. Avram Avinu's house was a very, very precious place to be part of. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And Timna was rejected of it. Timna was rejected from Avram Avinu's house. She was rejected from Avram Avinu's house. She wasn't deemed worthy. And Chazal criticized our greatest enemy, Shui, in our history. Shui, our greatest enemy in our history is Amalek. You know where Amalek comes from? From a rejected lady. Chazal point that out and criticize that the Avais who were so inclusive, the Avais, we, we learn inclusivity from the Avais, but somehow Timna wanted to marry Avram Avinu. She wanted to get in the base of Avram and she was rejected. We can only imagine why, I'm sure, Kavanis L'Shem Shemayim, and we can't say it, but Chazal criticize. But the rejected Timna caused all our Tsaras, Amalek, and all the all the Tsaras that come from Amalek in history or by somebody who was rejected. That's just good to keep in mind. However, Haman comes from Amalek. Amalek can't believe in a human being's attachment to Hashem. Amalek attacks watch mitzvah. What mitzvah brismila? Why of all mitzvahs is Amalek attack Mila? This Mila is the mark on our body, me and God. I can be close to Hashem. Amalek can't stand that a human being can be close to Hashem. That a human being is shaykh to eternity, you and God. Amalek doesn't buy into that. You and Hashem. It's funny, I have a relative. I have a relative who's not yet from. She can't stand when we say we're the chosen people. She can't stand that. We're people like everybody. It makes her crazy. The chosen, Hashem's children. Now Hashem's children says something to the whole world. Amalek can't handle it. It's not just jealousy, Ellie. The shallow view is Amalek doesn't like the jealous of us. We're chosen. You're not. Nana. Nah. I don't. That's not the pshat. I don't believe that's the pshat Amalek dislikes. Hitler, Yemach Shemay Vizichra, in his memoirs, he writes that the Jewish people give a guilty conscience to the world. They can't stand that we're chosen, not because we're chosen, they're not. They can't stand we're chosen because it means you can be close to Hashem. That costs people. You're close to Hashem. You're the bonim of Hashem. You have a relationship to Hashem. Like it's too high. It's too demanding to be close to God. It's much easier that you can't be. It's demanding you can be close to Hashem. A person can be close to Hashem. Yeah, yeah, yes, correct. It's demanding even to somebody who doesn't have 613. We're supposed to be a mamleches kehanim, a nation of kehanim. A kayan's job is to teach. Now, we're not supposed to actively teach Goyim. We're supposed to, by our essence, be a lesson to Goyim that it's Shaykh a relationship to Hashem. So we have extra commandments, and that brings it out more by having a very special relationship to Hashem. But we're a lesson that a human being can be close to Hashem. Wherever we've gone in the world, we've taught that lesson well that a person can be close to Hashem. Rabbi say. 
Amole can't stand that mitzvah's bris milai, the mark of my body, I'm close to Hashem. Amole can't stand that. We thank Hashem every day for bris milah. In benching, every day we say, Thank you for the milah. That mark on our body that says I can be close to Hashem, that I have a personal relationship to Hashem. Haman, who comes from Amalek, can't stand that nekuda that there's a nation that's close to Hashem, that has a personal shaykh to Hashem. People who don't believe in a relationship to Hashem, it's not possible to have eternity. You can't connect to eternity. Hashem is forever. We say one of my favorite words in davening is eternal life Hashem gave us. A close t- closeness to Hashem means means you could do eternal things, things that matter forever. Things that always have value. To the Hamans of the world, it happens and it's done. He died that day, it's all over. There's no connection to the eternal, there's no eternity. It says, it says, Shui, the pa- I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. It's, Shui, this is what it says. I want, you, I want you to hear this. It says, It says, Don't overly grieve a dead person for you are children of Hashem. What connection? That's why I'm grieving. What, is, we, what does this Pasuk mean? It's a verse in our Bible. Don't overly grieve. Don't cut yourself when somebody dies, but because you're children of Hashem. That's why I'm in grief. That's precisely why I would cut myself. I am so traumatized and so grief-stricken that a child of Hashem died. That's why I would cut myself. What does the Pasuk mean? It says, don't cut yourself. Nice answer, though. It says, don't cut yourself. If somebody dies, don't overly grieve for your children of Hashem. Says the Ramban, it means Yavoylum Abba. Somebody leaves Waterbury, we're very sad. To even think about Yaakov Furman leaving is sad. But you can't overly grieve. It's in Eretz Yisrael. It's a temporary parting. We'll come back. We'll go there. It's temporary. We're going to join. Shui's going to go to Eretz Yisrael in a year. So it's temporary. Banim Atam, your children of Hashem, you have a close Kesher, means you have eternity. It means you have Elum You have a connection to the eternal one, to Hashem. It means there's Elum there's Netzchius. Your children of Hashem don't overly grieve. It's a parting. You should be sad. A bacher leaves the yeshiva. Very sad. But you don't have that level of grief because only temperate is eternity. A haman who disagrees with the kesher to Hashem. A haman who fights this unique kesher is fighting eternity. So haman says he died that day. It's a bad simon. His mistake was he's wrong. We're shayich to eternity. He was born that day. To Muhammad, that fact doesn't matter that he was born that way. It matters it ended. He died that day. To us, it matters he was born that day. He was born that day. There's, there's eternity. There's netzchis. We have eternity. So that's on a very simple level why Haman didn't care that he was born that day. But to us, it's very significant that Maisha Rabin Shal Yisrael was born that day. He didn't just, he didn't just die that day. I want to. I want to speak about an Akuda that, that I think is extremely important in the Megillah. And if you claim, is there a Chomish here? Well, could somebody pass? Is there, uh, thank you, Rikhail. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rikhail. David, there's a, there's a statement at the end of the Megillah. Chazal will mechaiv us to read the Megillah in the morning and at night. We say something at night after we read the Megillah and we say the purpose of the Kriyasa Megillah is to let it be known. Shekol kaivecha. Whoever hopes Tashem Hashem will never be shamed. You'll never be eternally ashamed. Whoever trusts in Hashem. Whoever seeks shelter with Hashem, whoever trusts in Hashem will never be shamed. 
And we say that's the purpose of reading the Megillah. Loidea is to let us know, trust in Hashem. Believe in Hashem. And loidea shekol kaivech, whoever hopes to Hashem, loyevayshu, will not be left with egg on their face. I apologize to quote The Wizard of Oz, but I'm always intrigued by that book, The Wizard of Oz, is these people trust this wizard who turns out to be a fraud. Brilliant book, because all the wizards, all the things we trust that are so unstoppable and will always be there, always turn out to be frauds. We say in, we say in the first Haluka every single day in Davening, Al don't trust givers, but then Adam, human beings, they don't have the power, they don't have the power of salvation. Trust in Hashem. We read the Megillah Esther, to let us know, always hope and trust in Hashem. I want to say a specific point in the Megillah that drives this home, which is the whole purpose of Kriyas HaMegillah, the Chazal Telasaiki. So a specific place in the Megillah is here Mordechai is convinced that the Allah is we can't bow to Haman. He's convinced that the Allah is we're not allowed to bow. Now you can imagine there was tremendous pressure, bow to Haman, political reasons, he's going to get mad at us, let's appease him, don't, make, don't be standoffish with this guy, this guy's a powerful anti-Semite, we're all dead if we fight him, and Mordechai Tzaddik says, sorry, that's not the halacha, but the halacha is you're not allowed to bow, and he stood up to what was true, the emes. Now Rabbi say, what happens? Because he doesn't bow, Haman gets mad and makes Xayra to destroy all of Klai Yisrael. It looks like what his belief is, is causing Xayra against us all. The external appearance is we're all in trouble. And Mordechai is like, come he doesn't bend. This is the Allah, this is the Dinyas Meir. No. No, this is what he holds the halacha. This is the halacha. That's not called a right if by doing something mutter, it's causing... I mean, you're saying if you hold... I hear what you're saying. If you hold... He held for Avoy Dezor. It's a shaila's at Avoy Dezor. He held for Avoy Dezor. You give up your life. But the nakud of sticking to what the din is, what the truth is, and the appearance, every appearance would be that you're losing from that. The zayra clear. But this belief in Hashem and a belief in His Torah, you will never go off from listening to a mitzvah. You'll never, you'll never know something bad from following a mitzvah. Can't be. Hashem was mitzvah, the belief in Hashem's Torah, the trust in Hashem's Torah. Believe in Hashem's Torah. Believe in His commands. Be loyal to His command. Shekol kaivecha. All who hopes to Hashem will never be disgraced. Hope in Hashem and hope in His Torah. Believe in Hashem, believe in His Torah. Is the biggest side of the Purim story, maybe the biggest, and the very story of Mordechai not giving in to pressures, to a sense of the, and the reality was that saved the Jewish people. Instead of being the source of destruction, it saved the Jewish people. He would have bowed down, they would have destroyed either way. A big source of our salvations is Mordechai's strength and not bound on like Kamvalizah certainly was a big part of the issue. I don't want to say it would have been destroyed. Maybe it would have come to a different issue. I want to share another thing to the guys. I want to share something else. With this we'll close, but I want to sh- this is an important lesson. With this you will get to the Marsh. You have to get for the tournament also. You know. I want to share something else with Dailum. I, it's one of my favorite parts of the Megillah Zevi, and it's something I want. I want from this room, from this space, Medrash, I am convinced there's going to be tremendous, tremendous zchusim, tremendous activism in Klal Yisrael. Tremendous things are going to come out of our base Medrash, I'm convinced. We have from the most sincerest, sweetest, realest people on the planet. And I'm of the firm belief, anybody who sat there on that Shabbos two weeks ago and saw our alumni would, would believe it also, that I think tremendous amount of activism, of, of, of sincerity, of doing Laman Hashem is going to come out of this room. Ike, I want to talk about Eid's attitude to activism. Nothing is very important. If you didn't listen to a word I said till now, listen from now. If you listen to everything I said till now, focus on this. This is more important than anything I said till now. Should we listen to this? <coughs> Esther, Mordechai is asking Esther to do a heroic act 
which in a good chance will end her life, but at best case scenario, she's giving up her husband forever. She's going in willingly to Achashverosh and giving up her husband forever. And Mordechai is asking her to do that, to do an unbelievably selfless act of giving up her husband and giving up her life. And he asks his wife to do this, go into Achashverosh willingly, which means you'll be ushered to me forever, and probably you'll die. And he's enticing her to do it. He's giving her the pep talk. I'm always fascinated by the pep talk. What would you think the pep talk would be to do it? If you'd be a fly on that room, you're enticing somebody to do a life-threatening mission. Picture the scene. You're sitting down with David, with David Reiser, and you're convincing him to undertake a mission that is fraught with danger. That's really scary and just frightening. And you're psyching him up. Do it. Do it. Take it on. So I would love to hear, well, how would you fire up the person? I would expect that the way you'd fire up is how important the mission is. It's needed. It's essential. We're all going to die. Save the Jewish people. Be a hero. That's how I would expect the pump up to be. That would be the logical pump up. All of Klai Yisrael is going to die yesterday. In 11 months, we're all dead meat. You're in a position, save our lives. <coughs> you would overplay almost, you'd almost exaggerate, but you'd at least stress how dangerous the situation we're in, should we? Wouldn't that be logical? If I felt there was a dire situation in yeshiva that I needed you desperately, how would I convince you? By telling you how desperate the situation is. Shui, wouldn't that be logical how to do it? That's not what Mordechai does. Fascinatingly, he says to her, We'll be saved. I'm not worried for the Jewish people. That's why Mati asked me, if not for Mordechai, we would have died. Mordechai says to Esther, if you don't do it, we're going to be saved. We're going to be saved even if you don't do this. That's how you pump her up to do it. But he said, you, were put, you have an opportunity to save the Jewish people. I'm not saying without you, we're all dead. No, no, no. I have full trust. Hashem's Netzach Yisrael, Hashem, who believe, who's the Rabbi Shalom, who loves the, the God of the Jewish people, who loves us. He's not forsaking us. But you have the opportunity now to save the Jewish people. If you don't do it, your opportunity is lost forever. We'll be saved from a different way. I'm so fascinated by the sense what he's telling her is you have opportunity to save the Jewish people. The sense of opportunity rather than the sense of being a martyr, I'm giving up so much is the sense that you'd be missing out not to do it. You have a chance. Who knows you were just created. Everything that went down was just to give you this opportunity to save the Jewish people. The way Mordechai convinces her to do it, and this to me, Rabbi say, in all public activism, to me what separates two types of people working for Klai Yisrael, doing for Klai Yisrael, are the person who views it they're a martyr, there's a sense of martyrdom. I'm giving up my life. Mesiras Nevesh, woe on to me, but listen, what can I do? To a sense of what an opportunity, what a schus. What an opportunity to, to help Klal Yisrael, to be a vehicle through which Hashem sends brachan to Klal Yisrael. Mordechai in enticing Esther to do this act, the conversation is not one of be a martyr, of we're all dead, so stand in. The sense of opportunity, you were created for this. And here you have a chance. Without this, you gave up opportunity. This is what your, your, whole, your whole creation and your whole situation was, set, was made up as such that you can be there. I have seen both types in, in doing for the Jewish people, both types of askanim, both types of work for the Jewish people in all different areas, from teaching Torah, from starting organizations. I've seen martyrdom. People who feel woe unto me, people who feel so lucky. What an opportunity. What an opportunity. What a schuss. I, I think the le- one of the many, 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 many lessons in the Megillah 
the unbelievable amount of lessons, is Mordechai's conversation to Esther, and always really thinking through that in our lives, that when we have opportunities to do, how precious is Chesed Hashem, when Hashem gives us opportunities to do, some, to do something, not to feel like a martyr, to do the tremendous joy, the joy of, of being able to be the, the, a conduit, a vehicle of bracha that Hashem wants to send Yeshua, and you can help do it to think in that terms, to do it in that positive way. That's what I want badly, David. In all idealism you do, you do you hear how we have to do it? Not a sense of woe unto me, of I'm stuck, I've been put into this. There's plenty of that. To me, that limits all the idealism, Yitzchak. If people do things with a sense of shucks and I'm stuck and I, it changes the whole idealism as opposed to doing with a tremendous joy, tremendous semicha that Baruch Hashem I'm chosen to, to be able to give bracha to others. There are all different areas of chesed, of kindness, all different areas of doing for others that you could do with such a positive, healthy, happy attitude, or you do with a sense of shucks and stuck with this. Rev. Elia Lapian said that kefi your joy in doing the Ratz and Hashem is how much the mitzvah impacts you. By an Aveira, kefi your excitement is how much it impacts you, Lura. And by your mitzvah, how much your excitement impacts you, Lutayv. To have that attitude in doing the mitzvahs, don't do it like a martyr. How much chesed is done, Shui, but a sense of martyrdom. You know what martyrdom means? A martyr is a guy that gives up his life. A guy who fetches. Never let your Yiddishkeit and your idealism be with a kvetch. Never. It limits the value. It limits the... The ikr of Avaidus Hashem is to serve with a tremendous joy. And to me, it always hits me that at this moment when, Esther, when, I, when Mordechai is asking Esther to literally give up her life, he doesn't tell her the need and the pressure. He says, we'll be saved either way. It's not shucks, I have to be there. It's not the, it's not the message to her. The message to her is you're fortunate. You have an opportunity. To always view chesed and opportunities for chesed as opportunities. You hear that? Could be, I, once, I once observed, if anybody knows, if guys know the Enneagram, do you know the Nisayan of a two? <laughs> After many years of, of speaking about this, you know, I looked up once one of the books, you know that one of the challenges of a two is to be a martyr. It's, that's a different story. But the Nisayan of a two is to be a martyr, is to think you're like, woe unto me, it's a big Nisayan of a two. But it's an Nisayan of all human beings. A sense of martyrdom, like they'll do good things, but begrudgingly. Not besemcha. Not with the full joys you were created. A person is created to help other people, to do for other people. When Mordechai gets Esther to do it, it's with a sense of opportunity, not a sense of not a sense of responsibility and necessity. It's opportunity. That's how I want the idealism done in this room. And you think about it, Baruch Hashem, I'm, I, I have the possibility of doing it. One day you'll have a possibility, you have a house, and you have a possibility to have a very open home. You could do it in two ways with such a joy and appreciation. Baruch Hashem, I'm gifted to be rich, to have a beautiful home, to be able to have what a person could do it begrudgingly. It's a whole different mitzvah. A mitzvah done with simcha, simcha shall mitzvah, it's a whole different value if you have a joy in doing the mitzvah. See, here, Yehuda, I want you to do your mitzvahs, your idealism. A sense of appreciation, thank you, Hashem, that you put me in the spot to be able to do. It says if you give money to an ani, you get a bracha, you get a bracha from Hashem, but you get much, much greater, seven times more if you give it to him with the simcha. If you give it to him with a sense, you give him a bracha, you wish him good, and you give him a bracha, you get much more blessed. You do the mitzvah begrudgingly, you get schar. Nobody can say you don't get schar. It's not the same thing. As the appreciation, thank you, Hashem, that I have the yechilis. They have the ability to help that person. Thank you, Hashem, for giving me the chance to do it for another person. We learn from Avram Avinu Chesed, it's true. Avram is, is our father, Av of Chesed. 
But specifically, we also learned that he craved chesed, that he valued opportunities for chesed. The day he had bris milah and the third day of the most pain, and he wanted opportunities for chesed. He wanted opportunities and he appreciated. Thank you for coming. He wanted them to come. He called them my masters. So appreciative that they're there. Appreciate opportunities to do for the other person. Don't do it begrudgingly, Zebi. Very important part of kindness, important part of chesed. Maskim doves? I wanna, I wanna comment. I said we'll close on that. I wanna comment on the speech. Here we had, and, and this is we had a visiting gadol come to us, visiting Tamachacham Rosh Hashiva come to us and speak to us, and he told us not to be too comfortable in America, and he said tremendously valuably like, to make sure that different ideas that are very American to make sure that we're allowed to be we're always a loyal people we're loyal to our country to make sure that our deepest values are Jewish values one of the things I'm always very very careful about and this yeshiva was built on appreciating Chesed Hashem Hakar Satoiv is the this place is, if I had to say the two biggest values the yeshiva is built on, Zakar Satayv and the covet of a Yid. Appreciating Hashem and the honor of a Yid. That's like bread and butter, that's what it means to be a Waterbury guy. Zakar Satayv and the, and, and the appreciation of a Yid. The lady in, in, in kosher world, the lady who works behind the counter told me that I could tell guys from the high school. I said, how? She said, they say thanks a million. Such nachas, they appreciate. They say thanks a million. That's like bread and butter on the cover of a yid. A guy didn't learn, if he doesn't have respect to yid, he never learned a minute here. You didn't, you're not a graduate of Waterbury. If you don't honor every yid, you're not a graduate of Waterbury. You're not a graduate, it's not true. The walls of this yeshiva, and I learned this from the guys. I promise you, I'm a Waterbury bacher. I promise you, this is not the Rebbeim who taught this to us. I promise. The Rebbeim gets some credit. The Iker Rebbe is the Bachman. I promise. I've spoken to Rebbeim. I feel like I learned in this yeshiva. I went skiing with the Waterbury Apparel. I'm a, I'm a Talmud. I'm a Bachman in the yeshiva. The, we learned this from the Bachman. The guys taught us. I don't know when it happened. Over the years, I, I admit, we put in a, I put in Akar Satoyv. That was, I wanted, I started the yeshiva, and that's what I wanted to teach Akar Satoyv, to be an appreciative person. I felt like that separates living and not living. You're not alive if you're not appreciative. If you don't see Chesed Hashem, you're not living. You know how much I appreciate to be friends with Dov? I promise you that I have said many moidims in my private Shemesvet Hashem. I bowed, I said, thank you, Hashem, that you brought Dov rise. My father, bright, sophisticated guy. You have to be appreciative. You're, you're dead. You're dead. Hashem gives you gifts and you don't appreciate you're dead. The Rosh Hashiva who just, just spoke about Jewish values, he was told me the guy gets a spot. Hashem gave you a kiss and you just ignore it. You're not alive. If you don't appreciate your wife did your laundry, you don't live. If you don't appreciate another person and a guy smiled, a guy said, gave you... If you don't appreciate, you're, you're a dead person. If you don't appreciate things do, that people do, you're not living. A guy enjoyed Waterbury Basketball Leagues. Yaakov Kalish killed himself. If you don't appreciate, you're not alive. You don't live. You're, just, you're, you're not a living person. You're like a two-dimensional person. If you appreciate, you had something good. Somebody killed himself to make, somebody worked his kishkas off for you. Appreciate it. You're alive. You're living. You're, you're pulsating with life. Sakara Satoiv, it was put in the yeshiva. The second theme of the yeshiva, the covered of the Zulas, that the Bachram put in the yeshiva. No, there's not even a question in the world. The Bachram put that, where Talmidim of the yeshiva, the respect every yid's deserving. Don't judge a person, don't put down a person. You respect the person. I can, t- I can tell you honestly, I'll tell you a serious conversation. Say, my, my sons were speaking, so my oldest son was talking to another son. If you ever think of coming toward me, you're going to have to learn covered to another yid. Told him that. That's, part, that's the yeshiva. That's the yeshiva. That's, 
And the Bachram taught us that, and that's the biggest thing. When Achim Razner said, she became a masmid, a davener, leaders, everything. He said the biggest thing he got from Yeshiva was the covenant of the Zulas, to respect another Yid. That's like, that's, that's huge in the Yeshiva. What was I getting at, Rezi, in, in getting, oh, oh. So, the two, the two things of the yeshiva are Akar Satoiv and, and, and Kavod. Those are the two biggest. Obviously, learning Hasmada, every, we keep everything in the Torah. Hasmada is important. All, I'm talking about two unique character traits that we feel very stark about. Shui, it's important to me to appreciate Chesed Hashem Akar Satoiv. So I don't like speeches of all the badness, doomsayers. The world's going to be destroyed, and we can America could turn to Germany. It could be true. It could be not true. And certainly, that you know, you can't, it's, that could be true. But I like Hashem gave us a country of kindness that we can do. I like the Ikra Kharsatayif. That's why you don't hear that type of talk in yeshiva a lot, because the Ikra is to appreciate. Hashem gave us a country of freedoms. Such a beautiful country, Hakar Satoiv Tashem. So we stay away from the doom saying, even though could it change? If we're Makitoiv, it won't change. For Makitoiv Tashem, he gave us freedom. We have an opportunity to be a country that we're allowed to serve with freedom. What? Just be Makitoiv, that's more important than anything. That's what I heard Be'ikr from Ram Miller. Be'ikr from Ram Miller to be Makitoiv. So certainly we heard things are happening in the country and we have a visiting speaker, a visiting tzaddik, a Rosh Hashiva, tell us about things going on in the world. And certainly Tav thought his message certainly wasn't about the negativity. The message certainly was about making sure that American values aren't too deeply within us, that we're yidden, we're yidden. We're in a country who's hosting us in a beautiful way, but that we're yidden, that was the message. But the Nikudah Rabbi Saif appreciated, and that more than ever with things shaking up. We have to appreciate what we have. Avad, if you don't appreciate it, that's the biggest siva to lose it. Reb Miller, at the end of his life, was in the hospital, and the lady gave him some container for his teeth. He said, they're all mine. He said, I didn't lose any teeth. And he felt because he appreciated them his whole life. He used to get upset at yeshiva guys. They don't know how many teeth they have. It means they're not maketayv tashem for each one. And he felt he didn't lose his teeth because he appreciated his teeth. If he appreciates something, it's the biggest chos to keep it. Appreciate what we have, Rabbi Say. Certainly, there are things shaking up in the world. Any intelligent person, here you have a, a Rosh Hashiva, an intelligent Rosh Hashiva who's pointing out to us a thing shaking up, Rabbi Say. So what do we do? I say one thing to do is to appreciate. Appreciate the freedoms we have. Appreciate it. Could it be lost? Of course it could be lost. Should we be scared and nervous? I don't know. I could also let it be by Teach and Hashem. But the Nukud of appreciating the matzah we have, that's for sure you have to appreciate that we can serve happily and comfortably and healthily. Appreciate that a lot. In the summer, we had a kid in Heller from France, and we brought the camp on a trip, he, and he got so scared. He was having nightmares. Everybody was going with their yarmulkes. He was bugging. He had like tremendous nightmares. Very, they walk around scared there. He saw certain tra- traumatic events. By, they're tremendously frightened. That we're Zaychir, being a country that tolerates us being from, we can walk around unafraid with the yarmulkes. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Certainly, we have to be market type to the country. Most definitely, if you mark a type to the country, from the biggest supporters in Tyre in the world are the American government. That's a fact. The whole Lakewood supported by the American government. HUD supports Lakewood. If you're not mark a type, you're wrong. It's a very kind country. Daven for the country. Daven for the success. That's Pashas. But the Iker is thank Hashem for it. That's the Iker. Thank Hashem. That's why you don't hear so many doomed speeches. I want to, where's that Karasatayv? That's the Iker thing I want you to have. Now to know we can lose it, a visiting Rosh Shiva told us an important point. Guys aren't used to hearing talk like that. Not to hear, could, we could lose it. That a person would be silly not to see things shaken up and not to see what's going on. Now Shiva was talking to us about making sure that we're yidden to our core of our being. That, and he said that's the surest way, making sure Hashem doesn't have to take it away from us, that we're yidden. We're yidden. First, foremost, that's, that's who we are. We're being hosted by a wonderful country. I'm appreciative of it. And the chesed of this country is now unbelievable.
and the appreciation to the country, and more importantly, to Hashem has to be there. Rashiva was talking about not having the values, making sure our values are Jewish, something very important to me, that our values are Jewish. That's, that's an important lesson, and the appreciation of what we have, Beis Hashem should give us, and Hashem should keep us with this gift. That we have the gift of the country the way we have. Be'ez Hashem, it's not getting lost fast. Be'ez Hashem. But I say that because we'll appreciate the chesed Hashem. I don't want to say on the gifts of Hashem that he's taking it away. Why would we say that? Be'ez Hashem will have with the coming of Mashiach. So then we'll go from this freedom that Hashem gives us, this gift, to the best situation possible to be a yid. He would, the Rosh Hashiva was identifying areas, he was identifying areas that were, um, th- that were impacted by Goyeshkai. I'll just give, I'll give an important example by me. It's always important in sports, we play sports and I love it. There's nothing wrong with playing sports. It's it's a good, healthy, tired dick, it's perfect. But we still have a system. There's, there's Hashem, there's value of Yidin, there's importance. This is not high up. We love it, we enjoy it. Certainly not giving in on any other value. And everything having perspective, that's, the, that's how to live life. We tend to think we play sports. We're Yidin always. We're not like borrowing. From, Hashem knows us and knows all our needs. And all our needs are what He wants from us to do. It just has to be the proper balance. When somebody gets hurt in a game... You stop the game. That I ask. You stop the game till you're sure the person. You know, I don't like it in camps that you clear off the guy, off the thing, and then you keep playing. No, no, no. no. You make sure first the guy's okay. Now, if it's a, not a big injury, say he's okay. You make sure the game stop until the guy's because there's something more important. I'm not clearing him off the court and keep going. I'm always mocked if the game stops. I'm at any game. I don't care. Inter- I don't care who it is. There's a serious injury. The game's over. Because the guy's, that, that guy's coming first. If we're all certain, he's okay. Everything's okay. There's not much we can do. Okay. We're allowed to keep playing. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing more we can do. The first thing we're stopping, that sense, you know, the, the, the football player gets his leg crushed. They card him off. They maybe nail for a minute and keep going with the game. Till, till he's okay. We're not going. Till we can make sure he's more important than the game. I promise you. He's more important than the game. I have, there's, there's a system of values. The game's great and valuable and important and fun and very important to have good times, but I still won't lose a sense of what's first, what's before, what's after. That, that, that lesson, you're masking, brother, that lesson. That's what he was speaking about, that lesson of keeping... The Rashiva spoke about believing in davening. The Rashiva said a statement that tefillah often doesn't work. People don't believe in davening. I have said, people daven, all you need is a dollar and a dream. Like a guy buys a lottery ticket. You never know. He doesn't believe he's winning. It's worth a shot. You never know. All you need is a dollar and a dream. You never know. That's not how you daven. That's not how you daven. You throw up a tefillah. It's, It's like a Hail Mary. The end of the game. Unless your name's Rogers, it's probably not going to work. Like you throw it up, you, you know. Mechanish risk, you don't know. That's not a yadavin. Tefillahs, davening's not a hail mary. Davening's not a throw it up and hope. Tefillah is Hashem loves us. He's a shemei tefillah. We say three times a day. Hashem loves you, David, and he's a shemei tefillah. One of the gains. In being in yeshiva, that you're loved tremendously. A Rebbe, to us, is a dogma. A Rebbe is teaching Hashem's Torah. He's a shliach of Hashem. When a Rebbe loves you, he's an accurate shliach of Hashem. See, if your Rebbe doesn't love you, he's a bad messenger of Hashem. I don't care what he says, I love you. I'm talking about, does he love you? I once was thinking of hiring a certain Rebbe. And there's certain guys I trust, they're hashara, they're very honest thinkers. Simcha Katz, all the years, if he tells me something, I listen to him. He's a very, he has a seichel, a yasher, a lot of, he's a lot like David Reiser, like that type, honest, clear thinker. So Simcha would tell me something I'd listen to. What? Good call. No, it's a good, clear thinker. So David, I brought down the guy to try him out, maybe hire him as a Rebbe. So I said, Simcha, what do you hold? He said, Rebbe, you know he doesn't like us. Come on. I he, said, yeah, he was right. He said, you know he doesn't like us. You know that. Come on. He said all the right things. Yeah. He, he said, you know he doesn't like us. I didn't hire the guy. 
He was right. Simcha was right. It was Latayelis. It wasn't Lashon Hara. I needed to know. Latayelis, you'd have a Rebbe here who doesn't like you. <laughs> Wouldn't be so good. A Rebbe likes a Bach, just likes him, appreciates him, values him, values him. Sort of like, likes it, thrown around. I love you. It's thrown around. It's an abuse. But I'm talking about that he really likes you. Really. Like he just, he just likes you, holds of you, appreciates you. He wants to spend time with you. People talk, Ben Azmanim, oh, it must be such a relief. It is easier that pressure, I don't think about DCF, Ben Azmanim, it's a relief. But I miss the Bachram. I literally miss. Literally. Shoo, it must be. When you, my wife and I, went, we, we, we cannot never go on vacation in 20 years of marriage. We miss the kids, so it's not fun for us. People make fun of us. We go to Simchas, we bring our kids. Tir Chas says, I'm bringing my kids. Tough luck if you invite them. They come along. They come, they come along. If I'm away from them, I miss them. Too bad. I want to see the Maishi flip. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> what was I getting at? What was I getting at? So the Bach missed them, so. Oh, so, so, I was about, so I was talking about this Rebbe. If a Rebbe likes the Talmudim, he's a proper representation of Hashem who loves us. One of the things when you have Rairas as a Rebbe and he loves you is you get a visual. Hashem's crazy over us. He loves us, wants us. Hashem loves us. Kipshutai Mamish. Kipshutai Mamish, there's a tremendous ava to us, a tremendous, tremendous love of us that we have to be aware of, that we must know about. When we daven, you're not like, who are you? It's, 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 yes, it's a very haughty thing. You start in prayer, you're like, God, I wanted to, I wanted to you know, maybe advise you a little bit. There's a guy I know who's sick. Who are you? Who are you, Mokot? I remember once, it was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me in the yeshiva. A bacher, I suspended a bacher. He was doing some substances. I suspended him. He calls me up on a suspension. That Rebbe, I want you to take. I know, I know the yeshiva is full. We're not taking. You have to take a certain guy. I told my friend he can come. He told me. I was like bouncing around my house. I was so happy. He chapped how much pull he has. He told me to take the guy. The guy's in. When David Reiser said, I took a Yitzchak a in yeshiva. I was like, okay. Avan, David took a that's it. Zehu. End of story. I was so happy. He wasn't suspended. I was so happy. <laughs> no, no, no. no suspension. Neither one's true. I was so happy that the Bachar suspended understood that he has power. To us, in Tefillah, there's a Chiddush Niflu. We're asking God, like, it's like almost Hashem's a Shemeya Tefillah. He listens to prayer. He hears us and wants us to tell us and responds to our tefillah. He's a shaymeya. You know, we say he listens to prayer. You know the expression, I hear you? I hear, I hear. Sh- sh- I hear means I hear kaloyma. I, I, I accept what you're saying. Hashem shaymeya doesn't just mean he hears. Okay, a voice, epi, somewhere I heard something. He hears means sh- he's shaymeya, means he's kailit, means he, he accepts, he listens to what we're saying. He hears, he's a shaymeya tefillah. He cares what we're saying, it matters what we say. That's a big part of tefillah because Hashem loves us and wants us. Oh, you wanted that. I was waiting for you to tell me. He's mis'ave. Hashem kaviyochel has a taiva to Lush Hashem Yisrael. He has a taiva for our tefillah. He wants us to talk to him. To understand. So that's what the Roshiva said. That tefillah works. Often he, he criticized. We say to Helen, we're just like doing the from thing, the frummy thing. Our tefillah matters. When we, for a year, I was thinking, we all wanted so badly Yehuda back, and we got him back. The Tillim is not to get up there, be from. The Tillim was to talk to the Tata and get him back. We want him back. Tata, he cares what we say, he listens to what we say, and we have power in what we say. So that was tremendous muster that Shashiva gave us, that we daven, don't daven throwing up like you never know. That's not how you davens. You daven to Hashem with, in a way, understanding that I have pull. He loves me. If a guy in yeshiva doesn't understand how much pull he has in the yeshiva, we're not doing our jobs. All the things Hashem gives us when you're a market type, you say, Hashem likes me. You Good morning. You have pull. You have pull by Hashem. Tremendous pull. Now talk to Hashem and Davin and ask for what you want. You have pulled by Hashem. 
That's an important part. I'm going to end with a story. I threatened ten so many times. You doesn't believe me now. But I'm going to end with this, Misa. There's like speaking rule number one, like rule number one in speaking. Like don't say I'm going to end and then you keep going. Yeah, I ended one. This was sitting around by lunch for a few minutes. I'll end with a Misa. I'll end with a Misa. The end of the story, I ask you, just walk and leave, even if I'm in the middle of talking. The story ends, everybody run. Just run. We have to get to the basketball tournament. I'll end with a Misa. In my Rebbe's father's city, my Rebbe's father was in a city called Drezhin. Drezhin was a city in Lithuania. There was a blacksmith in the city of Drezhin. People would come to for brachas. Goyim and Yidn alike. Litvaks don't believe in magical stuff, Yaakov. They're very rational thinkers. They're ones. <coughs> the typical Litvak is a one in the Enneagram. Ones are rational thinkers. In-the-box people. The very, very in-the-box people. That's how ones think. Very rationally clear, true thinkers. My father, Avi Lachman. Very clear, straight, honest, like... <laughs> it's not being taped, is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. I said it, I said it. <laughs> huh? I can't hear it? <laughs> They're fine. What did you say? <laughs> Yaakov came running here. <laughs> so, Vitz is a five. Ketza. That was a five. Shmuel's a five. No, Yitz and D-Riser, social fires, Ozzy Friedman. Okay, anyway. what are we getting, saying anyways? Kitzur Advarim. So, so, so in, in, Lit, in Litta, Lithuanians are very rational thinkers, and they don't believe in magic and irrational things. This guy was known as a Poyal Yeshua, a magic worker, mayor. You better believe he had massive powers. For, for them to believe in you in Lithuania, you must have done a lot. And his feelings came true. People, so my Rebbe was very curious what was his power. And he used to ask around. He once asked his father. His father yelled at him. My Rebbe asked his father what the power of the smith was. He yelled at him. He said his power was he didn't look after these things. And he just served him. He told him not to check into it. But my Rebbe checked into it. I didn't tell him not to check into it. He yelled at him. But anyway. My Rebbe asked a friend of his what was the power of the, of the smith. And he said that he went to him and he asked the smith himself what his power is. The guy was a buck amaritz, by the way. The guy didn't know a lot of Torah. Smith? Yeah. And he was unbelievable. And he basically, the way I'm saying it over, this, I heard it from my Rebbe, but I'm saying it over the way I understood it. I don't say this is what my Rebbe meant. I'm not sure what he meant. The way I understood it is exactly this point, that when he davened, People dive into Hashem, but they throw up a tefillah. You never know. I'll, you know I might, I'll put this out there. I might do something. He dive into Hashem. It's my tato loves me. I'll go get it. If a guy is the son of Bill Gates and you ask him, can I have $300? He goes to his father, I'll get it for you. I don't, I don't, my father has it. He's my father. When you ask your father, you're getting it. My kids ask me for something. They're not like, well, I'll try. I'll get it for my dad. It's my dad. You know, I know how to get stuff for my dad. That's how you're supposed to talk to Hashem. It's Tata, he loves you. Go get it. That's how the smith used to daven. People would come to him, say, I'll speak to the Tata, and he would get it from the Tata. So that's a beautiful way that all of us present to the daven. Have an outstanding day, guys. Oh. Thank you, Rabbi.